Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. I mentioned at the beginning of Mass that we would talk a little bit in the homily about what enables someone to be willing to stay faithful to Jesus, say yes to Jesus, even if that means being filleted alive and crucified in similar ways to him. And I said it wasn't willpower. So what is it? It's totally falling in love. It's being totally in love with Jesus. That's why 2,000 years later we're talking about some random guy in the Middle East named Bartholomew. He totally fell in love with Jesus and his light became a light to the nations, to the generations upon generations all the way down to here. And here's a little glimpse perhaps of what Bartholomew intuited about Jesus, even though it was years later that the scriptures were written. Right? The last book of the Bible is the book of Revelations. If you have like your grandparents' Bible, it's called Apocalypse. It seems all intense. It just means the unveiling. We get to see heaven, uh, but not just like over there heaven, how heaven is interacting with earth, like how they're responding, what's really going on. In, in essence, reality. We believe in God who creates the visible and invisible. We get to see all of it now through the book of Revelation, through the Bible. It unveils it for us. And we see that heaven isn't grandma's cookies or a golf game. What we see is that it's a marriage. It's a wedding. In fact, it says the wedding feast of the lamb. Okay? It's a weird animal. What's happening right now? What kind of animal gets married? Well, the lamb of God. Who's the lamb of God? Jesus so heaven is about the wedding feast of Jesus. Well, if he is the wedding feast, if he's the bridegroom, there's got to be a bride. And that's what we hear in the first reading today. John, the seer, the mystic, who's getting this revelation, says, The angel spoke to me, come here. I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. It's astonishing. Think about all the passion, love, zeal, intimacy, union, glory of marriage on earth and then remove all the other things like the suffering, patience, forgiveness, endurance, forgetfulness, biting your tongue that endures to make marriage happen and then add a little bit of what's called infinite to it and you begin to have the tiniest, tiniest glimpse like a sprinkle on a 20-foot-long cake, like one sprinkle, just a little bit of taste of the beauty and glory of the real, the real marriage of Christ and the church. It goes on to say, He took me in spirit, and I saw the bride coming out of heaven. It gleamed with the splendor of God. So who is this? Who is this bride? The wife of the Lamb? Who is it? It's the church. It's the men and women from every tongue, every race, every nation that has said yes to the proposal of Christ on the cross. Where Jesus on the cross, as a bridegroom, says to his church, the bride, this is my body given up to you. 
Will you give yourself back to me so that the two becoming one, you could receive and conceive eternal life and be with me in the glory of my marriage chamber in heaven for all eternity? Now that's the end of the book of the Bible. The first book of the Bible is the book of Genesis, another marriage, Adam and Eve. If this is, if it says, I want to show you the bride, it means all every, all other brides in the history of humanity are a bride. If they're a bride, it means they're pointing to the bride, which means what is earthly marriage all about? Giving us a language, a lens, an understanding of the true marriage that lasts for eternity with infinite life and love and glory himself, Jesus. I'm going to go one step further because it's a Wednesday and I'm, I was installed pastor and that's that now, okay? <clears throat> if this is what marriage is about and we recognize that marriage is the bringing together of differences, masculinity, femininity, if we go one step further, we realize this isn't just what marriage is about. This is what it means to be created man and woman and be called to become one. All the attraction, all the love songs, all the poetry, all the stories, all the zeal, all the excitement... All of that involved in the masculine-feminine dynamics in the beginning was meant to be like a trampoline that shot us into the glories of God. But most of us, our bodies and our attraction to male and female, that dynamic, have been so far away from the good news of God and the revelation. Other people have given us the meaning of those bodies, of that experience. And so either we're afraid of it or we've indulged it and then we go back and forth and back and forth. And, and then when God comes to heal all of that, he takes on a body to grant us what St. Paul says in the book of Romans, a redemption of the body. And at every mass, he says, this is my body given up to you. And we receive him into our bodies to transform our bodies, St. Paul says in the book of Philippians, from these lowly bodies into the pattern of his glorious body. So your creation as man and woman actually tells the whole story of the Gospels. God wants to marry us. And how did it start in the Gospels today? One particular man at a particular place at a particular time felt Jesus look at him. I'm seen by the eyes of love, mercy. And in Greek, he's the logos, which just means ultimate meaning. The meaning of the whole universe is a human person right now looking at me with great affection and tenderness and says, I know you. Come be with me. Imagine living in close quarters to that revelation day in and day out. And someone says, are you enjoying this? You're like, oh my gosh, yes. And they say, you want to go back to fishing? No. Well, what if in order to have this even greater for all of eternity, you might have to suffer and die? What happens if I don't suffer and die? You won't get it for all of eternity. You'll be separated from this love forever. Oh, then let me die. I would never want to be separated from such glory and such love. That's what makes a martyr. 
They have taken a, they've seen a glimpse of what every de- human desire, passion, excitement, and joy, every earthly pleasure, they have seen that it's actually a road leading to a destination that is endless, infinite pleasure and joy. And they said, I don't want to get off that road, no matter what it costs me, because I want that forever. That place, that mystery comes to us at every Mass. And our hearts get to be reminded of the gospel, which simply means the good news. That by name, God wants to unite himself to you, to deepen in you your true identity, and draw you and woo you into the eternal glories of God. This is also why there's so much false news, bad news, attacks against the meaning of male-female marriage and all the pleasure that goes with it. If that's meant to tell us the story, of course the enemy never wants us to enter in. And so thank you for St. Bartholomew giving up his flesh to remind us there's something greater and bigger and more beautiful at work in this world than we could ever imagine. And it's Jesus. He's with us and he loves you. Amen.